Welcome to the DNVGL Talks Energy podcast series. Electrification, rise of renewables and new technologies supported by more data and IT systems are transforming the power system. Join us each week as we discuss these changes with guests from around the industry. Welcome to a new episode of DNVGL Talks Energy. Today we want to talk about cybersecurity and my guest is Magda Shelley, the Managing Director of Responsible Cyber. Welcome Magda. Thank you very much, Matthias. Good afternoon. Um, I'm really glad to be part of this podcast today, and I hope that it will be very useful for the listeners. It's great to have you, Magda. And uh, so that the listeners understand better uh, who you are, it would be great before we start uh, if you could introduce yourself as well as your company. Absolutely. So let me start maybe when I was born. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Magda Shell, I am based in Singapore and I'm the managing director of Responsible Cyber. Responsible Cyber is a cybersecurity advisory and training company providing the services mainly to uh, companies across industries in Singapore and around the world. So we have customers as well as uh, in France, as well as in Singapore, as well as in the UK. So what I mainly do, and I always mention that, is I try to actually help companies with their cybersecurity posture. So not just implementing a project or just e-review the security of a solution, but trying to bring that holistic overview of what they need in order to achieve a cybersecurity readiness and resilience. Nowadays, cybersecurity is very often in the media. But uh, I think it would be for the benefit to the listeners good if we establish first what cybersecurity actually means. It is definitely a very important question. Uh, nowadays, we are having so many new concepts online, in general, the media, on the TV. And if we actually go and talk to people, we realize that those concepts are either misunderstood or either not understood as well. As an example, if we go and ask people what does cloud mean, believe me, the answers will be very surprising or sometimes even really, I would say, dangerous. So what is cybersecurity? I always mention cybersecurity uh, relating to three main pillars which allow people to remember. One, people. Two, technology. And three, process. So I started by people because one of the main pillars of cybersecurity is to have the right awareness around the risks and therefore to have the responsibility shared between all the actors within the company. So cybersecurity readiness cannot be achieved without those three pillars. Let's say a small business or a big company will have all the technological resources in place with, depending on the budget, can be a very heavy and expensive solutions for big Fortune 500 companies. However, they did not uh, enable user awareness and therefore even one user, when he clicks on a phishing link, can actually lead to a data breach and therefore I would say, uh, not a good experience for the company as such. So now that we have established uh, what cybersecurity means, uh, coming back to what we read about cybersecurity in the media, there have been some uh, attacks reported about which are dangerous to society potentially. So having in mind that digitalization, Internet of Things, uh, makes cyber attacks even more likely, what is your personal assessment about the criticality 
of cyber attacks in the future? So first of all, we need to understand that our landscape is changing. So whenever we are going into adoption of new technologies, that means that we actually are facing new risks, and those risks include cyber risk. And as we are more going into a digitalization and changing completely our business models, those risks are mainly related to technology. Uh, we see business models like the latest biggest companies only relying on technology. They are not selling a product. They are just using a mobile application to link consumers uh, with the server providers, as an example. What that means, that means if that particular application is down, they don't have business. And where I'm going to is that as we are changing completely the landscape, we're changing the business models, that not only is relating to the risk, but also relates to how to understand a technological risk or a cyber risk from a business perspective, especially for, for industries that have been traditional, if I can use that word, since very long time. And now they are onboarding technologies like, for example, Internet of Things uh, into a traditional ecosystem. And I think the energy uh, industry is a very good example where we have very legacy systems still in place since a very long time that are still communicating through the network. In, and at the same time, we have very innovative new technologies that allows consumers to enhance their experience, for example. Or from the business perspective, it adds value to the consumer journey. Where I'm heading to is that this actually makes it um, not only risky for the business, but I like to bring that analogy of having your closed house with closed all windows and the door and leaving one window open. So that means that your house is not protected. It's exactly the same when we're talking about business. Let's say you have your business and you're running your uh, usual operations. Your business will not exist without your assets, right? So if you would like to protect your business, what would you protect first? Your assets, right? So most of the time when you go and you try to understand within the companies if they have enough clarity and visibility of, of their assets that they manage, they will not have visibility related to data. They will have traditional visibility related to assets, let's say like physical assets. Oh, we have a building there. So we need a business continuity plan in case of a fire, which is a very traditional approach. But what about your data that actually relates to your customers and that is your main asset in order to continue doing business and generate prof profitability for your shareholders? So this lack of visibility of assets and ownership of assets actually leads to not only data breach, leads to, of course, a lack of uh, the right controls, or control or security by obscurity, which I like to, to call it this way. So first step for a business, no matter which kind of industry you're in, is to understand your assets and what you're protecting, including the data. And here I would like to add something that is really... I, I like the, uh, the, um, the example as well. Nowadays, if you use a service and you believe that it's free, 
do you really think that the service is actually free? I, I use this question very often in my training. How do you pay for the service that is free? Well, there might be another business model or somebody makes use of the data you generate while you use the service. You mentioned the key word. You are actually paying for the service with your data. You are the product. So, again, data is taking an increasing importance for businesses. And with the change of business models, is actually becoming an extremely crucial asset. So for a business to lack visibility about the assets and ownership of those assets means that they cannot put in place the right controls. The second point that is really important when we're talking about making sure that you build cyber resiliency or readiness, which is not only implementing a firewall on your network, and I'm saying that on purpose, as well a little bit to be uh, controversial because I heard this answer pretty often, um, is to make sure that you reach a certain maturity where you have an overview and controls across all departments and not only IT. So you have a visibility about your assets, and I mentioned that cybersecurity is three main pillars, people, technology, and process. So you need to put in place the right controls, no matter what technology you're using, and apply those three pillars. With the rise of new technologies, Internet of Things or cloud represent actually a shared responsibility. What that means? Often when a customer or my, one of my customers or a company just decide to go into a cloud migration, what happens is that unfortunately it's perceived that the responsibility of putting in place the security control will be on the service provider's part. This is a complete misunderstanding of what a shared responsibility model means from the service for the cloud service provider point of view. What that means as a model, it means that the cloud service provider will have its own part of responsibility to make sure that their own data centers are protected with the right measures. However, anything that actually relates, for example, to customer data, protection of customer data, technical controls like access control, encryption, etc., those controls are only the responsibility of the customer, the person who or the company who adopts the cloud. A very simple example, you are using a cloud storage service for your own private use and you have a username and a password, right? And you store your documents. An eight-character password can be crackable in one second. What will be your part of the shared responsibility to limit the risk? You will activate a two-factor authentication as an additional measure to protect your access to your storage uh, part. This will not be done by your cloud provider. The cloud providers usually do not activate security by default. They give you all the measures and functionalities, and it's up to you as a customer, as an individual, to make sure that they are properly activated. I think uh, very interesting, of course, insight. Um, one issue I see is that in the cyber community, there is a lot of discussion about this, 
But there seems to be a lack of awareness of this concept that cyber is not only an IT department problem. So what would you think has to happen, apart from maybe podcasts like these, to create more awareness uh, for the shared responsibility, not only between different companies, but also within a company? So the main challenge from uh, the perception that we have around cybersecurity currently is that unfortunately there is a miscommunication between the parties. Uh, usually, and that's from traditional reasons, cybersecurity has been perceived as a very technical um, area, which it has. It has a technical part, as I mentioned. Technology is part of a cybersecurity pillar. However, there's process and people. Mainly what happens from the previous years is that you have very technical professional experts in their field in cybersecurity, and cybersecurity is very wide, so you can have different expertise, that actually will have a completely different view uh, around business, around priorities, and around risk that is related to, for example, a web application than a business. Again, I'm trying to bring to a practical example. When you have a startup that is actually building a new solution, they, as a business owner, their priority will be to build a minimum viable product that they can market and they can sell to the end users. Will they consider security? No. Why? Because security for them will mean cost or will mean additional delays And that's also a wrong perception because nowadays if you have actually a web application that is built without security and privacy by design, I'm really putting the privacy as well, which is a very important point, you are actually opening yourself to various risks afterwards that will, might cost actually even a bankruptcy of a business. So coming back, why it happens is because previously everyone who was talking about cybersecurity, I think, was using a very technical word. Coming back to ask anyone about cloud, people do not understand the technological concept. So if we are talking about cybersecurity, we need to make sure that we address it first in, simple, in a simple, understandable way. Second, we use the same terminology across every single, I would say, meeting, because unfortunately there are so many terms that sometimes they are used in a different way. And third, we actually talk cybersecurity in relation with a business. Cybersecurity can allow a business to expand quicker, to reach its own goals quicker. But if we do not are able to provide that right communication and the way to explain it and, um, I would say, present it to the business owners, then, of course, if we are talking, okay, okay, we need an intrusion detection system, I mean, what does it mean to anyone? It doesn't mean anything. But if you provide and say, for example, that if you have privacy by design, you will be able to clearly understand where your data goes from that application And therefore, you will be able to understand how to reach your compliance with privacy laws and regulation across, for example, all Asia-Pacific and even Europe with the rise of GDPR, which is the new privacy regulation. Then it changed completely the business understanding and as well acceptance of cybersecurity. So two things, 
One is understand what cybersecurity is not just about implementing a very expensive software. If you have it and you do not have one of the other pillars, you are still very vulnerable. You are not reaching the right uh, cyber readiness. And uh, second point is to make sure that you actually have the right understanding how cybersecurity can enable your business. Mm -hmm. um, Robert Miller, who we more know from the Trump investigation, uh, said somewhere in the past there are only two types of companies, those which have been hacked and those which will be hacked. Um, but there's also other targets, uh, like, for example, maybe even countries. And what, where I want to go is the change in possible threat actors. Um, so years back, we were maybe thinking about the nerdy kid uh, trying to have an adventure and get into some system, maybe get some data. Then if you go the next step, people do this to make money. Uh, and we get ransomware attacks on, for example, Maersk. But then we had also uh, events like a couple of years back, a power shutdown in the Ukraine, where obviously some people had stayed for months in a system. How do you see that evolving? Uh, and, and which will be the main threat actors who cause concern going forward? So it's a very interesting point of, uh, of view that I hope that I will share with the listeners. Uh, one, I always say that if the businesses are going into digitalization or cloud adoption, criminals are doing the same. So first of all, let's say that hackers does not equal criminals. You might have hackers who are actually what we call ethical hackers and are helping companies to understand where the weaknesses and vulnerabilities are within the systems. That's one. So then let's clarify where and how the cyber criminals operate today. We have actually this misconception from probably movies, you know, that, yeah, the, the person who is hacking is a kid or like someone hidden in a, in a garage and trying, you know, to hack this bank to be uh, rich as quick as possible. Nowadays, it is actually much more easier, I would say, and accessible to anyone one to perform a cyber attack. What I mean by that is, as the business is moving in the cloud, cyber criminals are moving into the cloud as well, and they're providing services and technical solutions in order to hack. So we can find today solutions that allow you to perform a denial-of-service attack on a website of your competitors that will actually put down the website and make it unavailable and what, what I'm actually here putting also, which is important, is the cost of those services can go as low as $5 an hour. So knowing that nowadays you can actually purchase hacking tools on the Internet, even with technical support, you like that, yeah, it's true, even with technical support, you do not need any more the technical skills in order to perform a cyber attack. That's one. The second point is, usually, the attacking, let's say, um, a web application or a system or network of a company, uh, or a company as such, can be actually done through either 
traditional hacking, which means you will attack the network of the company, or what we call social engineering. And social engineering means that you actually try to manipulate the people in order to retrieve confidential information. Those two, most of the time, are combined in order to reach the maximum goal of the cyber criminals. All this lead me to tell you that actually there is, I would say, still not a complete change into the landscape of who are the cyber criminals. I would say there is a change of the tools available to criminals to use in order to perform cyber attacks. And as per the statistics, and I had a very interesting um, discussion uh, when I was at um, RSA two weeks ago, there was the cybersecurity conferences in Singapore. In Singapore, um, the, the conversation was really interesting because one of the questions was exactly that. Is it changing? So it's still actually... Currently, the main attackers remain criminal groups that are trying to attack for financial gain. We are unfortunately coming to an end of this episode already, but I would like to come back to you as a person also. Um, you are one of the top 50 influencers in, in cyber. Um, that's impressive already, but uh, you do not only look into cyber, you also talk about diversity and inclusion. And you have created a platform for women in cyber, and I would be Curious to learn more about that. Thank you very much for bringing that subject uh, in. It's really a very important topic for me, and I try my best to encourage women in cybersecurity because that is exactly the reason why I call myself cyber feminist. So a lot of people ask me online and on social media, what do you mean by cyber feminist? Cyber feminist is a term that I use that relates to, again, encouraging women into joining cybersecurity. How do I do that and why do I do that? Those are two main questions uh, that are important to address. One, why do I do, uh, do uh, encourage women into cybersecurity? Nowadays and still since several years, and we can search those statistics, women represent only 11% in cybersecurity. The reasons behind it are various. And it always creates a debate, a debate. However, I believe the main reason why we don't have more women is because we are lacking role models and we also perceive cybersecurity um, as one particular area and it did not have enough popularity previously. So let's say when I was doing my engineering studies, we were not talking about cybersecurity, we were talking about information security and no one was hiring at that time, long time ago. <laughs> Uh, cybersecurity. Everyone was trying to find either an information security engineer or some uh, different roles. So we did not have that uh, publicity that we have nowadays around that. Why I'm doing that? Um, I launched this platform in order to provide especially young women and also women in the field the availability and the possibility to first find role, other role models and understand that there are a lot of different paths, a lot, a lot of different careers that those women have been through and achieved great success. So they can read stories, they can feel inspired, and they can actually dream and, uh, and achieve their dreams. 
And the second point as well is to make sure that actually they have a platform, the woman who actually achieved something, they have a platform where we can say, yes, they did that. They have been an amazing chief information security officer for years in that company, but no one actually said it before. And that happens a lot. Um, so I try to bring that visibility to women and make sure that we create a, a community where we encourage each other and, uh, and bring the successes and celebrate them together. I think it's very important, especially for, you know, um, for example, girls who are in the, the, like around 15, 16, where actually they take the decision if they like math or not, if they like inform, uh, computer science or not. So maybe the fact to give them different uh, lifestyles as well, different life opportunities can allow them to take other decisions that they what they have been used to. Very impressive. Thank you. Magda, we unfortunately come to an end. Thank you very much for these uh, very valuable insights and the interesting dimensions and perspectives on, on cyber, but also on women in cyber. And to the listeners, that was Magda Shelley, the Managing Director of Responsible Cyber. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this DNVGL Talks Energy podcast. To hear more podcasts in the series, please visit dnvgl.com slash talksenergy.